السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه اللهم صلي وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وسلم تسليما كثيرا ما بعد We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abundantly We ask Allah to exalt and mention grand peace and send his blessings upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Hayakum Allah bayakum brothers and sisters and going over the sharh of Al-Arba'in Nawiyah by Sheikh Muhammad bin Salih bin Uthameen alayhi rahmatullah and in our last session we had stopped over the fawaid of this hadith the benefits of this very profound and deep hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and some people you just uh, yeah but we'll figure it out later inshallah so it says here from among the benefits of this particular narration and the term this particular reminds me of our Sheikh Farid Abdullah Abu Mujahid Hafizahullah wa baraka fi umurih wa atala fi umurihi ala al-khayri wa ta'a wa al-ibada our Sheikh used to always say this particular hadith or this particular ayah or this particular book and you know when you learn with a uh, when you learn with a sheikh you you take a lot from him uh, be, that is beyond ilm and that is one of the benefits of learning islam under a sheikh or under a scholar as opposed to the online method which which yani may not be as as effective to be honest with you so um he used to always say this particular thing, and so now we say this particular thing, and he used to always say, yeah, buddy. And now everywhere I go, I say, yeah, buddy. So those far from the remnants of those wonderful and blessed times. Just one moment, please. Yeah. So alhamdulillah ala kulli hal. Tayyip. So what are the benefits of this particular hadith? That there is no evil in the preordainment or the destiny of Allah. Rather, the evil resides in that which has been decreed. The decree itself is not evil, but the outcome of the decree may be perceived as being evil. وَتَوْضِيحُ ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ الْقَدَرَ بِالنِّسْبَةِ لِفِعْلِ اللَّهِ كُلُّهُ خَيْرٍ And explaining that is in the following manner. Qadr in regards to what Allah has done, in, in, Qadr in relation to Allah's action, it's all khair. It's all khair. It's all good. وَيَدُلُّ لِهَذَا and what indicates that قَوْلُ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ أو قَوْلُ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ what indicates that is the statement of the Prophet وسلم, which is in Sahih Muslim that evil is not attributable to you. Evil is not attributable to you. Meaning it cannot be attributed to you. The very Preordainment of Allah, there's no evil in it at all. Because it is the outcome of the mercy and the wisdom of Allah. Because pure evil only occurs from one who is evil and is innate, in, um, innately evil. Wallahu ta'ala khayron wa abqa and indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is khayron wa abqa Allah is better and more lasting. Ethan, kayfa nuwajjihu wa tu'minu bil qadari khayrihi wa sharri. How is it then that we will direct our understanding regarding the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this famous hadith and that you should believe in qadar al khayr khayri wa sharri, the good and the bad thereof. الجواب, the answer, النقول, is that we will say, المفعولات والمخلوقات هي التي فيها الخير والشر. The, uh, the actions and the creation, that is what contains good and evil. 
أما أصل فعل الله تعالى وهو القدر فلا شر فيه As for the root of all this which is the action of Allah عز وجل which is قدر then there's no evil in it مثال ذلك an example of that قول الله عز وجل الله عز وجل the exalted might said ظهر الفساد في البر والبحر بما كسبت أيدي الناس corruption has appeared on the land and in the sea because of what the hands of the people have earned هذا بيان سبب فساد الأرض this is an explanation of the reason behind the corruption of the earth وأما الحكمة uh, sir can you please take this phone away from here right there وأما الحكمة فقال as for the wisdom Allah said ليذيقهم بعض الذي عملوا لعلهم يرجعون so he may make them taste some of what they have earned perhaps they will return إذن هذه مصائب so those are calamities من جذب الأرض ومرض أو فقر such as pay attention brothers and sisters any type of calamity whether it is the drought of the earth the droughtness or illness or poverty ولكن مآلها إلى خير but its end result and its outcome is inevitably good no matter what evil no matter what hardship no matter what difficulty going through the end result is good وإذا أحب الله عبدا ابتلاه the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said if Allah loves a slave he will test him or her if Allah loves you he will test you like the prophets were tested like Ayyub was tested, like Yunus was tested, like Ibrahim was tested, like Ismail was tested. Look at the type of test that they had to go through. It's unbelievable, but we believe it. Unbelievable, I mean it as an exaggerated figure of speech. I don't mean that we don't believe it. I want to change it. That's not unbelievable. It's wild. It's extreme. What they had to go through, Yusuf thrown into the well, imprisoned, Subhanallah, the Prophet ﷺ driven out of his home, fought against plots of assassination against him. Magic was uh, magic was uh, made and, and a spell was made against him ﷺ. Ibrahim was thrown into the fire. Yunus was swallowed by the whale. Ayyub was ill for years, couldn't move. Where do I begin to explain to you that this world is meant to be rough and this world is meant to be difficult. And it is Allah's wisdom that He will test some of us more than others because of the wisdom that Allah knows about the good end of this test that they will go through. Our job is to be patient. Be patient. Persevere. Be patient. Persevere. Let the patience become sweet tasting. Let the patience become a source of joy because you know that your sins are being forgiven and your reward is being multiplied. Subhanallah, what a great blessing it is. Please, those who are going through difficult times, refer to my lecture, The Flagship of Hardship. Refer to my lec lecture, The Flagship of Hardship, so you will better understand what's going on. المهم back to our discussion فصار الشر لا يضاف إلى الرب evil is therefore not attributed to the Lord سبحانه وتعالى لكن يضاف إلى المفعولات والمخلوقات but it is attributed to the actions and to the creation مع أنها شر من وجه وخير من وجه آخر even though even that it is evil from one perspective but it is good from another perspective فتكون شرا بالنظر إلى ما يحصل منها من الأذية. It is evil if you look at what it, what harm it causes. ولكنها خير بما يحصل منها من العاقبة الحميدة. But it is good in terms of what will happen as a result of it as an outcome. ليذيقهم بعض الذي عملوا لعلهم يرجعون. So he may make them taste some of what they have earned. Perhaps they will go back. Perhaps they will return to Allah in obedience to him. And being satisfied and pleased with his decree. So Allah will test us so that we can be satisfied and content. So we can have contentment with the qadr of Allah Azza wa Jal. Subhanallah. وَمِنَ الْحِكْمَةِ أَنْ يَكُونَ فِي الْمَخْلُوقِ خَيْرٌ وَشَرٌ And it is from wisdom 
that in the creation should be a combination of good and evil. لأنه لولا الشر ما عرف الخير. Had it not been for evil, then good would have never been recognized. Had it not been for evil, then good would have never been recognized. كما قيل وبضدها تتبين الأشياء and with their opposites do things become clear. فلو كان الناس كلهم على خير had the people all been upon good ما عرفنا الشر we would not have known evil ولو كان كلهم على شر ولو كانوا كلهم على شر had they all been evil ما عرفنا الخير we would have not known good كما أنه لا يعرف الجمال إلا بوجود القبيح just like you don't appreciate and know beauty until you see ugliness <laughs> <laughs> Subhanallah. You don't appreciate beauty until you you see the existence of ugliness. So if there were like four ugly brothers, you know, back to back, and then you see a fifth one that is handsome, you would only appreciate the handsome guy because you saw four ugly guys. And I'm just giving an example. I don't know, maybe that's the wrong example. You know what I'm saying? It works both ways with both genders. And I'm talking about in the context of, of, you know, marital proposals and stuff like that. You don't appreciate the beauty until you see ugliness. Otherwise, if everybody was ugly, then you wouldn't even know that these people are ugly because everybody's ugly. You don't have anything to compare them to. And if everybody was handsome and beautiful, then you wouldn't recognize that they're handsome or beautiful because everybody looks the same because you have no one who's ugly around for you to I spot the difference. So, it's good. Uh, it is good in this regard that those <laughs> those contrasts are there. I love the fact that Sheikh used Jamal and Qabih. فَلَوْ كَانَتِ الْأَشْيَاءِ كُلُّهَا جَمَالًا مَا عَرَفْنَا الْقَبِيحِ If everything was beautiful, we would have never recognized ugly. إِذَنْ إِجَادُ الشَّرِّ لِنَعْرِفُ بِهِ لِنَعْرِفُ بِهِ الْخَيْرِ أو لِنَعْرِفَ بِهِ الْخَيْرِ لِنَعْرِفُ so the existence of evil is there so that we may know therefore the good but the fact that Allah causes this evil to exist is not evil in and of itself uh, and so this is the difference between the the action and the outcome of the action. If we were to speak grammatically, it will be the subject and the object. Bismillah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, gentlemen and ladies, brothers and sisters. It is the Salafi coffee time. So the action of... I, I copied this from someone from the chat. So the action of Allah, that is his decree, there's no evil in it. However, the outcome of the decree of Allah, which Allah had decreed to materialize, is then divided into good and evil. Is then divided into good and evil. This evil exists among the creation for a great wisdom. فَإِذَا قَالَ قَائِلٌ If a person were to say لِمَاذَا قَدَّرَ اللَّهُ الشَّرَّ Why did Allah decree evil? فَالْجَوَابُ أَوَّلًا لِيُعْرَفَ بِهِ الْخَيْرِ The first answer would be so that good can be identified and recognized. So good can be identified and recognized. Allah created evil and let it exist. And he decreed it. ثانياً Secondly من أجل أن يلجأ الناس إلى الله عز وجل so that the people will return so the people will seek refuge in Allah the exalted and might so that the people can seek refuge in Allah the exalted and might ثالثا من أجل أن يتوبوا إلى الله thirdly so that they may repent to Allah ما شاء الله تبارك الله إخوان أخوات احفظوا هذه بارك الله فيكم because this question is a very common question that is posed in the context of da'wah. In the context of da'wah to atheists specifically, this is a very prevalent question. They want to know why is there evil? Why is there suffering in the world? 
And these are the types of answers that you give as a Muslim. You don't resort to philosophical ideologies that are foreign to the Quran and the Sunnah and the way of the Salaf. You don't resort to philosophy to answer those questions. Rather, you answer them with answers that have been uh, derived and encapsulated from the Quran and the Sunnah with the understanding of the Sahaba and the Tabi'een and Atba'a Tabi'een. That is how you conduct yourself as a da'i. If the people accepted فَلِلَّهِ الْحَمْدِ وَالْمِنَّةِ To Allah belongs praise. وَإِذَا لَمْ يَقْبَلُوا فَلَهُمُ اللَّهِ If they don't accept, then Allah is sufficient for them. Allah will deal with them on Yawm Al-Qiyamah and what He sees befitting. It is none of your business for you to do any other type of gymnastics to bring him into Islam. So those are answers that are derived from the textual evidences. Number one, so that the good can be recognized, because if they was all evil, you wouldn't recognize good. Secondly, so that the people can return and seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, or seek refuge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with is better than in. And thirdly, so that they may repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that they may repent to Allah. When there's this evil, it is a cause for them to return in repentance to Allah. How many a person, how many a human, none causes him to maintain the remembrance of the evening and the day except out of fear of the evil of the people. How many people do the athkar of the early morning and the athkar of the masa' because they're worried about the evil of the creation? Is it not that because of that they are returning to Allah and seeking refuge with Allah and remembering Allah? Had there not been any evil, they wouldn't have cared. They would have been, yeah, yo, ha, hu, he, ha. They would have been running around like chimpanzees, having a good old time with some bananas. You see him maintaining those, word is like a, a, a designated uh, portion of remembrance that you engage in. So you see that person keen on doing these athkar so he may be protected from evil. So these evils in the creation causes the humans to engage in the remembrance and those portions of, of Adhkar and their likes, and that is ultimately good. Let us strike the similitude of a man who has a son whom he's very compassionate about. And the son was afflicted with an illness. And it had been decreed that this son of his will be in the fire. And no doubt that the fire is painful for the son. But the father performs the act of kay because of what he seeks of the benefit, even though K in and of itself is evil, but its outcome is good. Uh, K is, is when you use the fire, when you use the fire to treat uh, an illness. I can't think of the English word. I know Iman's homeschool is going to come in and save, save us, inshallah. Cupping. No, not cupping. Not cupping. The other one where you burn someone like, you know, when... And plus you're loud, ya sheikha. No one remembers. Al-Kay. The... No, guys. Come on. Where's everybody? Why y'all taking so long to answer, man? Al-Kay. I wrote Taki. Okay. English. Ironing? Yeah, no, it's not ironing. It's the other word. 
caterizing. Ah, caterizing. Yeah. Ten years later, no one answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caterize. There you go. Is that how it's pronounced? Joshua, did I pronounce it properly? Caterize? Categorize? Categorize? <laughs> Did someone say branding? What is branding? Anyways, khalas, thank you guys. You got the point. <laughs> you got the point. So back to the class. Back to the class. Cauterized. Cauterized. Oh, mashallah. Hey, look at that. I have such well-educated audience, mashallah, tabarakallah. What a lovely educated audience. And now you can tell that I'm an Arab whose English is that of a foreigner. Whose English is that of a second language? Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you all day and all night. وإذا علمت أن فعل الله عز وجل الذي هو فعله كله خير اطمأننت إلى مقدور الله عز وجل واستسمت تماما. And if you knew that the action of Allah عز وجل and all of His action is all good, you become satisfied. And content with the qadar of Allah. And you will submit 100%. Submit fully. Wholeheartedly. Wholesomely. And you will be like those whom Allah said about. Whosoever believes in Allah, Allah shall guide his heart. Whoever believes in Allah, Allah shall guide his heart. قال علقمة هو الرجل تصيبه المصيبة فيعلم أنها من عند الله فيرضى ويسلم. And what is that regarding the ayah in Surah Taghabun? It is a man that knows that. Can someone please close the door or stop this noise in the background? It is a person who knows that the calamity has afflicted him. And then he knows that it is from Allah and therefore he is pleased. He is pleased and he is, uh, and he submits. So when he knows that this is a calamity. So here, here we go. This is a very important test. Bismillah. Mm. So any one of us who, who goes through a difficulty or a hard time, take a moment and think, did this happen? With the knowledge of Allah and by the decree of Allah? Or did this happen without the knowledge of Allah and without the decree of Allah? Surely as a Muslim, as a believer, you will say the first. You will say, surely this happened with the knowledge of Allah, by the decree of Allah. Type. Therefore, what should you do? Be happy. Why? Because it's from Allah and everything Allah decrees for the believer is good. Did not the Prophet sallallahu said, Wondrous is the affair of the believer. All of his affairs good. If it is from Allah to the believer, it is good. So be happy, be satisfied, be content. Submit. Stop tripping. And chocolate chipping. And uh, causing unnecessary pain for yourself. Understand it's from Allah. Be happy. Alhamdulillah. Say Alhamdulillah for everything. وَالْإِنسَانُ إِذَا رَضِيَ بِالْقَدَرِ حَقَّا إِسْتَرَاحَ مِنَ الْحَزَّنِ وَالْهَمْ مِنَ الْحُزْنِ وَالْهَمْ Subhanallah, how relevant is this to certain people? Uh, and it just so happened that we're covering this in the book. It's mercy from Allah. Wallahi, it's mercy from Allah. And verily the human, if he's satisfied with the qadr, truly, then he will be relieved from a sadness and from worry and stress. Uh, because of the statement of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Al-mu'min al-qawiyyu khayrun wa ahabbu ila Allahi min al-mu'min al-da'if. The strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer. And as we know, this is in reference to the uh, strength in faith. But as the scholars say, it's also in reference to the strength in the body, the physical strength. وَفِي كُلٍّ خَيْرٍ And in each there's خير, there's good. إِحْرِصْ عَلَى مَا يَنْفَعُكَ وَاسْتَعِنْ بِاللَّهِ وَلَا تَعْجَزْ 
Be keen on that which benefits you and seek help from Allah and do not despair. Do not be weak. وَإِنْ أَصَابَكَ شَيْءٌ فَلَا تَقُلْ لَوْ أَنِّي فَعَلْتُ كَذَا لَكَانَ كَذَا And if something befalls you, do not say, had I done such and such, then such and such would have happened. فَإِنَّ لَوْ تَفْتَحُ عَمَلَ الشَّيْطَانِ Because the term if or had I, it opens the door for the shaitan. Why? Because you're never going to be satisfied with the decree of Allah. You would always say, oh, if I had only done this, then this would have happened. Had I only done that, then this would have happened. If I had done this, then this could have happened. You're just, you're just drowning in pain and in, in stress and in anxiety and in and drama. You don't need any of that. Don't, don't use had I and if. <clears throat> because it opens the door of the shaitan. commanded that you should be keen on that which benefits you the most. Then if things become different, say then this is the decree of Allah and Allah does what he wills. Huh? And then does what he wills. Type. وَلَيْسَ الْمُرَادُ بِقَوْلِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ وَسَلَّمْ Now this is one opinion, so just don't freak out guys, don't freak out. I know what's up, I know what's up. It is not intended by the Prophet The intention behind the statement of the Prophet that the strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer, it is not in reference to the strength of the muscles. The strong believer in his body, I'm sorry, in his iman, not in his body. How many a man or a person is strong in his body, but there's no goodness in him, and vice versa. So, of course, now, just to give you, this is one opinion, and we love Sheikh Ibn Uthameen, but as we know, we don't follow anyone blindly. Blindly, What the scholars say, needless to say, if there are a number of scenarios, Surely, if a person is strong in his muscles, weak in his iman, then it's useless. But if we have two believers that are strong in their iman, and one is strong in his body, and one is weak in his body, then the one who is strong in iman and body is better and more beloved to Allah than the one who is strong in his iman but weak in his body. You understand? So we don't want to uh, uh, exclude the, the strength of iman from the equation because that is the asal. However, when that is present among two, then the strength of the body becomes a, another benefit and another advantage. But it shouldn't be the objective and the purpose, all whilst the, iman, the strength of the iman is being compromised. And so the Sheikh said, and in regards to this occasion, if this statement were to be written, uh, if somebody were to put this slogan, in a in a an arena, in a sports arena or a sports field or a sports uh, a court, and it said a, a strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than a weak believer. If they intend with that, that what is intended by mu'min, the strong mu'min is the one with his muscles, then this is not permissible, and that is absolutely fine. We're not uh, disagreeing with that. فالمهم the important thing is أن الشر لا ينسب إلى الله تعالى أن الشر لا ينسب إلى الله تعالى The evil is not attributed to Allah the Exalted لأن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال والشر ليس إليك Because the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said an evil is not attributable to you وإنما ينسب الشر إلى المخلوقات Rather evil is attributed to the creation قال الله تعالى الله said قل أعوذ برب الفلق من شر ما خلق say I seek refuge in the Lord of the dawn from the evil of that which he had created فالشر ينسب إلى المخلوقات so evil is attributed strictly to the creation وهنا مسألة here is a point of uh, uh, discussion هل في تقدير إيجاد المخلوقات الشريرة حكمة is there any wisdom in Allah decreeing the existence of evil Creatures. So some people say, what's the wisdom behind having a pig? If the pig is haram and consuming it is haram 
and everything regarding the pig is haram. So why did Allah create pigs in the first place? Of course, the first thing you say to the person is, Allah is not questioned about what he does. You will be questioned about what you do. So it is inappropriate and it's a lack of mannerism with Allah to ask a question like this. However, if it comes from the disbeliever who has no reverence and no respect and no honoring for Allah in the first place, then we uh, entertain a question and we give them the benefit behind it, the wisdom behind it. Well, jawab, naam. The reply is yes. Yes, a great wisdom. Had it not been for these evil creatures, we would have never known the value of these good creatures. The wolf is a small creature bodily wise compared to the camel. Yet the wolf eats the human being. Like Allah said in Surah Yusuf upon the tongue of Jacob. I'm afraid that the wolf will eat him. But it is known that the camel does not eat the human. Rather the gigantic uh, camel that is strong in its body is actually led by a small boy. Do they not see that we have created from them from what our what we have what our hands have uh, uh, made uh, cattle so that they own them? لهم, and then we basically made them submissive to them. ركوبه, so from them they ride and also from them they eat. فتأمل, فتأمل تعالى, uh, uh, so look at the great wisdom of Allah جل, that he created the camel. كبيرة, and they are big bodies. And Allah told us to reflect upon the creation of the camel specifically. When he said, أَفَلَا يَنظُرُونَ إِلَى الْإِبِلِ كَيْفَ خُلِقَتْ Do they not look at the camel, how they were created? وَخَلْقُ الذِّئَابِ وَأَشْبَاهِيَا مِمَّا يُؤْذِي بَنِي آدَمِ Whereas the creation of the wolves and their likes is among those that harm the children of Adam. حَتَّى يَعْلَمَ النَّاسُ بِذَلِكَ قُدْرَةِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ So that the people will know the power and the ability of Allah, the exalted and might. وَأَنَّ الْأُمُورَ كُلَّهَا بِيَدِ That all matters are strictly in his hands. The other benefit, that no one knows the hour, i.e. the day of judgment, except Allah the exalted and might. Because the best of the messengers from among the angels, he asked the best of the messengers from among the humans about it. فقال, so he said the Prophet وسلم, السائل, The one that is being asked does not know any better than the questioner. And we learn the outcome of this benefit that if a person were to believe a person who alleges that he knows that the hour will take place at such time, then he becomes a disbeliever because he is belying the Quran and the Sunnah. 21. The gravity of the hour. That's why it has signs so that the people can prepare themselves for it. May Allah, may Allah provide us and you with the proper preparation for it. Benefit number 22. When we don't know about something, then we ask about its signs. Because Jibreel, when he asked him about the hour, and Prophet told him he doesn't know, he said, okay, tell me about its signs. Benefit number 23, striking the similitude or the examples based on what the Prophet said, 
وفي لفظ ربها والعلامة الثانية أن ترى الحفاة العراة العالة رعاء الشائية تطولون في البنيان that uh, the slave lady will give birth to her master the second sign is that you see the uh, uncircumcised barefooted naked shepherds uh, competing in tall buildings فإن قال قائل فبرزول سي لم يذكر النبي لم يذكر النبي صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم أمرات أخرى أوضح من هذا if a person said did that did the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم not give other signs that are clearer than that فالجواب the answers أن العلامات بينة واضحة لا يحتاج السؤال عنها the signs are clear and evident no question is required for them ولذلك عدل النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم عنها إلى ذكر هذه الصورة ذا صلى الله عليه وسلم uh, uh, forsake that to use the example that was mentioned earlier. Benefit number 24. That the angels, when they are when they become humans or when they are converted uh, or transformed to humans, they walk. Because he said then he left, he, he, he walked. Uh, because otherwise angels fly صح وهل يمشون اذا كانوا على صفه الخلق الذي خلقوا عليه okay the question now is do they also walk if they are upon the image which they were created upon ie angels with wings and and you know they're made from from uh, uh, light and so on and so forth do they also walk فالجواب the answer is قال الله عز وجل الله the exalted mindset قل لو كان في الأرض ملائكة يمشون مطمئنين لنزلنا عليهم من السماء ملكا رسولا say if they were upon earth angels that are walking with tranquility upon earth we would have sent down upon them from the heavens a messenger angel ولهم أجنحة يطيرون بها and they have wings with which they fly كما قال تعالى الحمد لله فاطر السماوات والأرض جاعل الملائكة رسلا أولي أجنحة مثنى وثلاثة ورباع Oh, praise is due to Allah, the originator of the heavens and the earth, who made the angels into messengers possessing wings, twos and threes and fours. Uh, benefit number 25. The scholar uh, sharing or, or proposing or relating to his students what may be absent to them. Because the Prophet وسلم, said, Do you know? Do you know who the questioner was? Do you know who the questioner was? 26. That the, the, the ask that the poser of the question is in essence a teacher to the one who hears the answer. The Prophet said, Is Jibreel he came to teach you religion? Even though the one who taught them Even though the one who actually taught them Was the Prophet But when Jibreel was the reason behind those questions The Prophet attributed the teaching to Jibreel And what branches off from this that it is incumbent on the student of knowledge إذا كان يعلم المسألة if he knows the matter وكان من المهم معرفتها and it is important that others know it أن يسأل عنها وإن كان يعلمها يعلمها that he asks about it even though he himself knows it وإذا سأل عنها وأجيب صار هو المعلم and if he asks about it and then the answer is provided he becomes the teacher for those other people meaning if you're in a circle of knowledge and you know something but you believe that the people don't know, you ask the Shaykh the question, even though you know the answer, so that the Shaykh will answer and benefit the other people. And in essence, you become their teacher because you are the reason behind the answer in the first place because you pose the question. Benefit number 27, that the, uh, the, the reason, if it is based upon the ruling, then the ruling is for the reason. That's why the scholars mentioned regarding this foundation of principle many examples such as لو شهد رجلان على شخص بما يجب قتله من ردة أو حرابة 
if two people, if two men were to bear witness upon someone who should be executed because of apostasy or because of waging war against the Muslims. Then the judge ruled accordingly. And that person was killed. Then they came back and said, We actually purposely framed him so he could be killed. Then those two witnesses should be killed. Because the ruling was based on their testimony and so they are the reason behind it. Subhanallah. But if they if they came together, if there's an agreement or if they were combined, the the causer and the one who engaged directly in the act, the guarantee is upon the one who engaged directly in the act, unless he's unable to uh, fulfill those requirements then it will be upon the one who caused it. Example, I know this is very technical. It's hard to even translate, let alone explain. Bismillah. Alhamdulillah. A man dug a hole in the, in the, in the, in the road. Hello? And a man stood there. A third man came and he pushed the guy into the hole. And he fell into the, the, the hole in the ground and he died. The, the, war, the guarantee, the fulfillment, يعني, the one who will pay for the consequence of the action is the one who pushed him. Because he is the causer. An example of that. A person threw another into uh, to a lion, so the lion ate him. The one who actually did the act is the lion. But the causer behind it is not the lion, the one who pushed him into the lion. The one who pushed him into the lion's hands. So the, the, now the the consequences and the, 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 what should we call it? The outcome or the sin or the guarantee or the fulfillment, all of these could apply, is upon the man because what are you going to say to the lion? Hey, why'd you eat the man? Just because I threw a man to you, it doesn't mean you eat him. Come on now. Why are you lying, lion? And then the lion's going to be like, whoa. And then he's going to eat you as well. Because it's a lion. What are you going to have a discussion? So who's the... Even though the lion d engaged in the act of consumption of a human being, the blaming and the guarantee falls upon the one who pushed this other man into the lion's den. Den. Den? Den. Oh, that reminded me of that... Uh... Yummy sweets, that protein-based healthy sweet we used to get from the lions then in Jeddah. Ya Allah, that was so good. Benefit number 28. Oh, we are at the end. What everything that was mentioned in this uh, narration is the religion of Islam. Because the statement of the Prophet he came to teach you religion. But not to give you the teachings of Islam in detail, but rather in the general sense. If a person were to say, Did the Prophet not say that the religion is sincere advice? If a person were to say that. And he said it three times. And the, the sincere advice is for Allah. And for his book, and for his messenger, and for the leaders and the imams of the Muslims and the general ones, the general masses. The answer is yes. But this advice cannot be understood outside the context of the hadith of Jibreel because it is from Islam. Nasiha is from Islam. And with this, it's perfection. We stopped and we finished exactly at 
which is when the class is meant to be uh, concluded before we open the Q&A. We've concluded hadith number two. Insha'Allah ta'ala next week we will begin with the hadith number three. Another foundational hadith in Islam. But for now, 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 let's see what our brothers and sisters have to say. Stav, if your own family members living in the same house or together in any hotel for a temporary period of time or for a temporary treat you badly and hurt you emotionally and or physically, what to do? Be patient, ya habibi. Be patient, be patient, be patient. And welcome to the club of abuse and emotional damage. Everybody going through it at some point in time. Believe me, everybody is going through bad treatment and emotional damage from beloved family members. They don't desist. They don't stop. They don't take a break. They don't reproach. They don't take vacations. They don't take time off. It's constant, continuous, never ending. People that are supposed to be close to you and loving are the ones that are hurting you the most. Ahlan wasahlan bil club. Take it with a grain of salt. Put a smile on your face. Remember that Allah will reward you. Keep your kinship ties and live life like a happy camper. Assalamu alaikum alaikum salam. Can you still eat the meat Ahlul Kitab serve even if they don't follow the teachings of their own religion? Yes. How would you know if they slaughtered the animal in halal way? You don't. That's why there are two opinions. One opinion that says, forget about whether they are from the people of the book or not. You need to know that they actually slaughtered the animal according to the proper way. And that's one opinion which says that if you cannot confirm that they slaughtered the animal properly, then even if they're Muslims or Jews or Christians, you cannot eat that meat. The other opinion says you don't have to investigate. You don't have to worry about it. Say Bismillah and eat. You can find that uh, long discussion on Islam QA. Hey. Is there any class or lecture which explain the matter of Walima Al-Urus in the light of the Quran and Sunnah? Yes. I have a lecture on YouTube which is probably 15 years old titled. What is it titled? Where's this wedding heading? Oh, Allah, those titles were, mashaAllah, Rahman. They were gold. Al-Azim, those titles were pure gold. Where is this wedding heading? Y'all gotta, you, you have to admit that was a proper, a proper title for a lecture. Where is this wedding heading? Now we can say this in many different accents, but I'm gonna keep that to myself today. It's okay. Yalla, yalla, yalla ba'du. Hayakallah, Sheikh Hakim ibn Asri. In Kitab Sunnah by Abdullah ibn Ahmad. Uh, it contains some statements of the ulama who made takfir of Abu Hanifa. Why? What is the view of Al-Sunnah regarding him? Is Abu Hanifa from the Murji'at uh, Fuqaha? Wallahi, akhi, it's, a, it's a very heavy discussion that shouldn't be addressed among laymen. You should take this up to a, 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 an advanced student of knowledge uh, and discuss it with him. Now, I'm not qualified and my audience does not need to know about all these intricate details. Hayakallah. Aki, can you please explain why Abdurrahman Hassan said that the, in a hadith the khawarij are praised while? While? While what? And no, I cannot explain why Sheikh Abdurrahman would say something because I'm not him. So please ask him why he said what he said. It's not like the question is complete in the first place. Does all kufr contain some shirk due to the ayah or is there another reason that kufr isn't mentioned in the ayah? Every kufr contains a form of shirk. Absolutely. Yes. Now. Can you please give me clarification on an Ash'ari preacher Al-Minhaji who says that Ibn Taymiyyah took the meaning of istiwar from the gospel? This was in a debate with Ustad Ihsan Arshad. Man, come on, man. Muhit, who in the world are you listening to, ya akhi? Who in the world are you listening to and why? Why do I have to explain anything that an Ash'ari preacher says when an Ash'ari preacher is misguided in and of himself? Ibn Taymiyyah is going to take the meaning of Siwar from a gospel. Ya, Sheikh, please, man. I told the Aqid al-Wasidiyah, but Sheikh Rizab Ibn Taymiyyah, man, we took nothing from the gospel, man. 
We were preaching our own gospel, baby. Come on now. Brother, in Islam, we have to give good names, right? Right? And the person takes on the characteristics of the name given. صح? According to some, yes. Okay, where is part two, ya Sheikha? What? It's fart? What is your opinion on Sajid pandering on feminists and saying that women should attend secular universities, work and become independent before marriage? Um, I don't have an opinion about it until I hear it and see it myself. I didn't, uh, I didn't come across that anywhere. So share with me privately those places where he said that and I will have a discussion with him directly because me and Sajid are pretty close. Alhamdulillah. How do I go about advising my local masjid for the mistakes they do? Is it permissible for them to have men and women eat in the same hall? Ah! But women, <laughs> but women have their own tables and men have their own. No, of course it's not permissible for them to be doing that because everybody's going to be checking everybody out. The men are going to be checking out the women and the women are going to be checking out the men. But more specifically, the men are going to be checking out the women. Yeah, it's not appropriate that they be having those kind of gatherings together. How do you go about it? I don't know why people always ask me, how do I go about advising someone? What do you mean, how do you go, how do you go about advising someone? By grabbing them and advising them. I'm walking down the street, I see someone smoking. How do I go about advising him? By stopping and saying, brother, why are you smoking, Habibi? Barakallah Allah gave you this body. Allah gave you this money. Why are you wasting on what? What? What there's not how do you go about anytime there's a need for you to enjoin what is good, forbid what is evil? There's there's no specific way that you go about it. You go about it according to the context and the circumstance. You assess the situation and you do what you believe is most wise. That's something that you need to figure out on your own. I can't give you no, you know, no, no solutions for that. What do you mean? How do you go about it? It could be through a private message, it could be through a, a, a petition, it could be through uh, having a board meeting, it could be, it could, there could be a million ways. It could be a million ways for your local masjid. I don't know. You know. You should tell me how you go about it. Masjid, yo, 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 yo. Salam alaikum. If a person is extremely obese, ooh, is he excused from praying the five daily salam? Mashallah, tabarakallah. Farooq Abdul Rauf brought the calamity of all questions upon the wrong guy. You're telling me that you're obese and because of your because of your obesity you will miss five daily prayers and is that excused justified? A'udhu billah min billah ya baba. La 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 la. Habibi aslan inshallah if you were one ton if you weigh if you were a, a land whale you couldn't get out of bed you will pray lying down. If you couldn't move your arms and legs, you would pray with your face by nodding your face. I didn't say you are, Farooq. I didn't say you're obese. You're asking on behalf of an obese person. You would have to, you would pray with your eyes, with your eyelids. Rukur sujood. No excuse on planet earth for you not to pray five times a day. Inshallah, inshallah, you're on your dying bed. You're dying. You're in a hospital. You're hospitalized. Your entire body is broken into pieces. You can't move a finger. You can't move a nail. You're still going to pray five times a day, Habibi. Now that we're done with that, why in the world are you obese though? Why? How do you manage to eat so much? How do you manage to eat so much that you become so fat? is my biggest question to a lot of our brothers and sisters who, who struggle with weight. I'm not trying to be mean to you, but I want to give you a nice wake-up call. There is no excuse for anybody to be obese unless they have a genetical, serious medical condition. Like there's something wrong with their metabolism. There's something wrong with their genes. They have a certain uh, illness that, subhanAllah, it, 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 they become fat. If you don't have any physical problem, Wallahi, there's no justification for you to be overweight whatsoever. How much do you eat? How much caloric, uh, caloric, uh, no deficit, caloric uh, 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 assist do you have for you to be so, so fat? Meaning you're eating way more than your body needs. 
You're just shoving down food down your throat the whole day. Give yourself a break. You follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ by eating one-third. One-third for food, one-third for drink, one-third for air. And this is when you want to eat all, when you want to go all out. Take a chill pill with this overeating. Use exercise. Move your body. Take care of yourself. SubhanAllah, take care of yourself. There's no excuse for, for being obese. There are people dying from starvation. You're eating, you're eating the food of 10 people every time. Some people, every time they eat, they could feed 10 miskeen, 10 people that are dying from starvation. Instead, they eat that themselves. And then they complain about uh, 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 obesity. Might stop eating then. You say, brother, but it's no, it's not difficult, Habibi. Everything is done by, by discipline and patience. Your stomach will shrink when you eat less. Then you'll, become, you'll be able to eat less. Ishada. Next. If someone ever approaches me to accept Islam, what should I do? Take them to the mosque? Do they have to be witnesses? No, they don't have to be witnesses. If they, if they approach you to accept Islam, give them the shahada. Give them the shahada yourself. Don't wait to take them to the mosque. Engage the act of worship yourself and get the reward for it. Naam. <clears throat> if we as Muslims believe that the Injil was given to Isa himself, would it be false to say that there's a little truth you can find in the Bible of today? No, it's not. It's not false to say that it's valid. It's valid to say that there is some truth found in the Bible. There are some verses in the Bible that are in total agreement with the Quran and the Sunnah. We accept them. Now, in your Q&A and a video of a university, you said men and women can speak to each other but respectfully. Can you explain further what that means and the conditions for that? I don't remember when I've said, I said that. It must have been in the context. Yo. It must have been in the context. Tell me the context in which I said that. Yes, until now, there's, there's a, 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 it's okay for men and women to speak respectfully to each other, like in a business transactions, like if a man has to give a da'wah to a woman. There are many other conditions. The prophets were all men. You think no prophet engaged in da'wah? You think when women came to the prophets, they said, let me find a sister to give you da'wah? No, the men engaged in that. There are certain guidelines and regulations, but yani, if it's respectful, then it's fine. But you need to give me more context for me to know who I was answering, in which context, why, who, how, le, why. Now. Yalla ya Baba. Yalla ya Hajjie. Waalaikum salam wa rahmatullahi My question is about sujood sahu. If, if I decrease or increase the salah, how to perform sujood sahu? When you reach the end of the salah, some scholars say before the taslim, some say after the taslim. Let's say before the taslim, after you finish the tahiyyat, and Salat al-Ibrahimiyyah, and you make the dua, then you say, Allahu Akbar, you make sujood, and you make, uh, you know, the athkar of the sujood, then you say, Allahu Akbar, you get up from sujood, and you sit down, then you do another takbir, you go for another sujood, then you need another takbir, and you go back, and then you say, Salaamu Alaikum Rahmatullah, Salaamu Alaikum Rahmatullah. Now, I'm confused about if I decrease in Salah, I take, khalas, we already, it's the same thing, next. I just explained that. As for Islam, is it in the heart that thinks or the brain? It is in the heart. It is in the heart. According to the Quran and Sunnah. Because Allah said, قُلُوبٌ يَفْقَهُونَ بِهَا قُلُوبٌ يَفْقَهُونَ بِهَا They don't have, they have hearts with which they understand. Hearts. Naam. The mind could be part of the process. Hey. Al-Mu'min al-Qawi khair in Sahih Muslim it says wala ta'jaz and in here it was written wala ta'jaz wala ta'jaz wala ta'jaz what is the difference in wording I don't know uh, are we allowed to read Al-Muhalla by Ibn Hazm ooh he had views which I don't think no one had like ya Hajj yani Ibn Hazm al-Zahiri Ibn Hazm al-Zahiri definitely had a lot of issues because he was a Zahiri. And those are advanced questions that don't, uh, don't belong here. But anyways, no, it is not allowed to read it. Only students of knowledge may read the book if they are qualified to, to sift uh, through it and understand what needs to be understood or to refute it or whatever. But for the average Muslim, they should not read the Muhalla of Ibn Hazm, nor should they read the works of Ibn Hazm. Because he definitely had a lot of aqwal shadda wa marfuda and ahl al Naam. Can you brief me on zakah and gold? Uh, no, I can brief you on Islam QA. 
Islam QA has a whole bunch of fatawa on zakah on gold. All right, it's done, guys. It's 2.30. I have some blisters between my toes, so I apply a cream. Beautiful. Now we know a lot of stuff that we didn't need to know. But it's a prob because during wudu, I got to rub it a lot and it still feels a little slippery. <laughs> it says compound is little soluble in water. What in the world are you, Fufuz, what in the world are you talking about, bro? May Allah cure you and grant you recovery from this. I don't know what to say, brother. I don't even understand the question in the first place. But you know, if you have a if if you have a problem and applying water increases the problem, don't apply water. Don't apply water. That's the that's really the simple answer to this complicated question. The cream doesn't allow water to go through your skin. So yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, but in this case, he's applying a treatment. If a woman seeks divorce, and that, yeah, Ashraf Didat Habibi, go to Islam QA. There's a number of fatawa that explain to you the ruling of Sujud Saho, the the, prost, the prostration of forgetfulness. So it's always better to get it from there with the details, with the evidences, with the scenarios, than, than getting it from me. Okay, the last question is 232. Yeah, Hajji, come on. Now, you know, I got to go to the gym. If a woman seeks divorce and that divorce is granted, is the divorce considered one out of three if they reconcile afterwards? Yes. Or is it considered because it came from the woman? It doesn't matter. If the divorce is given, it's one out of three. Now. Yeah, well, I didn't I didn't get to check the book. I forgot. <laughs>